Welcome back, everybody. School was in session. Yes. We're here. It's Thursday. That means we're giving you guys the weekend scoop, the what's up, the what's going down this weekend across all of the MMA world. We're scouring the globe. Yes. UFC and Eagle FC, baby, in Miami. Coast to coast. The, uh, what's the what's the uh, three hundred five? Right. The three hundred five. So, yeah. I just, yeah. You know, we know it makes me remember that. Not Jorge Masvidal. You know, someone cool saying it. It's fucking Pitbull. Yes. Uh, I was hoping <laughs> we were on the same page. It's like Mr. Worldwide three hundred five. That's why I remember that shit. Uh, but yeah, we got two MMA events this weekend. Um, we got a lot of fights to go over there, along with a lot of fight announcements. No real news to go over this week, but um, of course, below average bet slip coming towards the end of the show. Oh yeah. And then me and Dominic, per usual, end the show with a little bit of closing statements where we kind of just, I mean, I last last episode, I'm pretty sure I started a, a, a global crisis from salary debate. This is true. But regardless, before we hop right in, Dominic, I want to give you a chance to let everybody know how you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then once you're done telling people about that, okay. you can go ahead and tell everybody where they can find us on social media as well. Okay. okay, perfect. So I'm doing well. I hope the same for you. And I hope the same for the Joey community out there. We're happy to have you guys back for another weekend preview, episode 206. As far as social media goes, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, like the video, uh, subscribe to the channel, turn on the bell so you don't miss an episode. Audio platforms, give us a rating there, give us a follow. On social media, if you're watching, it's above my head. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at BAJ underscore MMA podcast. Find the both of us personally on Twitter, on Instagram, at Eastly14. Over there, I pointed the wrong direction. I've been doing good at it. At NTBaker underscore. That's where you can find me. That's where you can find Noah. That's where you can find the Joes. And now let's roll. Yeah, the, you, you almost got it perfect, Dom. I'm proud I know. Then I th- now, <laughs> I wanted to double down. TikTok is now up and running. At BAJ underscore MMA podcast. Do not let Dominic fool you, people. He'll tweet as if it's like, oh, you know. Look at me. I'm trying to be one of the kids. Like, what's up, fellow kids? But Dominic was so excited to start this venture. Yes. Don't let him fool you. Don't let him trick you. He is one of you. He is one of you talkers, all right? Talkers. I'm the phony. I'm the phony. I'm the one on the outside looking in. Looking in. All right. Yes. And because of that, Dominic will be running the operation because I've never downloaded TikTok in my life. But I trust his word. I said I'll send him clips if I find him. But that means if you guys don't like the content over there, you know who to blame. That, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, he messed up with that pointing too. Yes. I know I can't do it <laughs> that way. You got I've hey. never tried it before. That's the first time I've ever tried it. And, it's hard. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it is hard. Let's start with the UFC. We're heading right back to the apex where we were last week. Women's bantamweight action. I'm just happy. This weight main event. Holly Holm, still ranked number two in the division, comes back after a one year and nine month layoff against number five, Ketlin Vieira. Interesting matchup, but let me start with a question. Okay. Because that is a pretty long layoff for Holly Holm. She is 40 years old now. Yep. When you evaluate the strengths and weaknesses 
disabilities here and kind of, you know, their styles, their resumes, whatever. What kind of external factor, is that the word I'm looking for, is um, maybe do you put more weight on in this matchup? Is the relative activity of Ketlin Vieira, she fought twice last year. Um, she did win her last fight against Misha Tate, yep. uh, a bigger factor. Or is if you look at and evaluate these two's previous fights, Holly Holm smoked Irene Aldana, while Ketlin Vieira and Misha Tate had a pretty bizarre and just uh, yeah. man, just not a very exciting, a very messy fight to watch, really, all in all. So which do you kind of hold more dearly in this matchup? Uh, it has to be Holly Holmes' most recent performance. Yes, it was in October 2020. You know, she didn't perform at all in 2021. But, dude, it was the second best performance she's ever had in her career outside of the title win against Ronda Rousey many moons ago. She looked that good against Irina Aldana. Uh, it was uh, super impressive for 25 straight minutes. Uh, the way that she was just on her bicycle, moving constantly in and out, she looked as quick as ever at, you know, 38 at that time and now 40. It's hard to think that, there's going to be anything taken off. Like I expect Holly to come right back in uh, and look just as good. Ketlin Vieira, this is uh, her toughest test. I mean, yes, she went up against her biggest name in Misha Tate, uh, but now we're talking Holly Holm, someone who's been on the top longer, at least inside the UFC, than Misha has. Uh, Misha had that five-year-long layoff. This is a huge test for Ketlin. If she wins, it's humongous for her. It puts her on a win streak. It puts her into the top three. Holly Holm, Noah, she's trying to get her fifth Yes, fifth title shot inside the UFC should she win this fight. That's crazy. Yeah, and that's, that would be her fifth. Well, so she's had four currently. Yes. And she's only had 12 UFC fights. That's one yes. title fight for every three fights inside the octagon. Yeah. That's crazy. But <laughs> to answer my own question, I actually think that I value a little bit more the, the activity of Ketlin Vieira. Now, I'm not saying I'm predicting Ketlin Vieira to win this fight or... I'm leaning her direction, but this needs to be kind of acknowledged that as good as Holly Holm looked in her last fight, she was also 38 years old then, which two years younger than where yeah. she stands now. She's 40 years old now. So eventually it's going to slow down. It's going to yeah. slow down. She's not going to be as quick, as powerful. So is this where it, it does start to slow down? And Ketlin Vieira despite some of her weaknesses that might have been shown, even in a winning effort against Misha Tate, she, athletically speaking, is a beast. Yeah. I mean, she's big for this division, rangy, yeah. great jiu-jitsu, big, just big, powerful. Um, but if you want to play the MMA math game, she got knocked out like cold by Irene Aldana, who didn't follow that performance by Moat on the feet by Holly Holm for five rounds. So yep. it's obvious a lot of people are going to lean Holly Holm's direction here. And rightfully so. I mean, she's, you just said it. I mean, she's been a mainstay in the title picture across the weight classes, but in this division is where she done the most work. And there's a reason why even after the long layoff and only being seven and five in the UFC, She's ranked number two, and that's because when she's really needed to get these wins to stay relevant, she has. The yep, Irene exactly. Aldana win was another step in that direction. Now, Dominic, I will ask you a question about Holly Holm. Mm -hmm. And this is maybe more for like 
This might be more of a Monday question, but I, I just, I'm just going to ask it now. We'll mm -hmm. just do it here. Go right ahead. I just mentioned Holly Holm 7-5 and five in her UFC career. Uh, she is a former Bantamweight champion. She had the, probably one of the biggest uh, upset victories of all time with the dominating win over Ronda Rousey, kind of ended Ronda's uh, time in the, the sun. Mm -hmm. Despite that, though, is would you evaluate her career as a disappointment all around? Like, is there, maybe I shouldn't even word that for you because you tend to be very lean, very positive on most things in MMA. So because of that, yeah. do you just do you see like the perspective of someone to say, I think Holly Holmes, this career has been disappointing. I could definitely see someone saying that. I mean, we're talking someone that was a, a multi-time world champion boxer, came into the UFC undefeated, uh, un, uh, you know, I, as we already said twice, destroyed Ronda Rousey, who at that point was a world beater, uh, then to go on and has had the really that's when kind of this run started. I think she was she was three and zero at the point where she beat Ronda. Now she's seven and five, so she's went four and five ever since then. If you really want to put it into perspective. Uh, so I think there's definitely an argument that some could say that, um, you know, and a loss here doesn't do her any good being that she's 40 uh, to be, I mean, to be quite frank, a loss here probably crushes any dreams of any other title shots for the rest of her career inside the UFC. I would think you never know. Cause they do that 145 dumb shit with the featherweight division. But uh, yeah, this is a, this is a must win fight for Holly Holm. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and say it. Yeah, it kind of feels like every fight she's in at this point is like a <laughs> must win. We said, because we did say that about, if I remember right, about the Irene Aldana fight. And here it's still the same story. But I will say, Dominic, that a big interesting development has occurred in this division. And that's how we have a new champion, Juliana yep. Pena, now the yep. champion. Shocked the world, shocked me as has been noted many a times. Many times, uh, yes. By beating Amanda Nunes. And now Amanda Nunes is getting her rematch. That's uh, apparently uh, tough is going on currently. <laughs> it is technically on, yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So that season of the Ultimate Fire is going on right now. At the end of the season, these two are going to fight. So maybe Amanda Nunes will become the champion again. But let's just say she doesn't, or let's not even focus on that part right now. Juliana Vania is the champion right now. Yep, yep. With the win here over Ketlin Vieira, who is a top five fighter in the division, I mean, is she potentially looking at a title shot? I think so, 100%. I mean, this would be three wins in a row. Rocky Pennington, you look at the run she's on right now, a career resurgence. Mm -hmm. She destroyed Arena Aldana for five rounds, and if she beats number five Ketlin Vieira, she's, especially if Juliana's still the champion, I think she definitely gets it if Pena's the champ. 100%. That's, that's so crazy that that's her streak because the Raquel Pennington fight was the co-main event on the last card that Conor McGregor had a win on. That's January 2020. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess she fought 2020, hasn't fought since then. So I guess it's not that, but it, um, it shows just how long ago it was, but it feels fresh still to me. Like, yeah. I yeah. haven't really thought about Holly Holm much in a long time because this division's been so stagnant and we never really bought her as having a chance against Amanda because we've already seen that fight. And obviously, women's featherweight's just not going to happen for us. So, um, yeah. But now that she is kind of back in this fight here, um, it, it's 
dawning on me just like how good she's still been. I just yeah. wonder if like another layoff there is that going to affect her when really as good as she is, record aside, I mean she's a really good fighter. Yeah. But 7 and 5 all in all like she's she's very good but like Ketlin Beer is a person that we feel like she should be but also I'm not sure if we really tapped into full potential of Ketlin Beer especially if she can get the fight to the ground where she's probably going to be more comfortable so, yeah especially against because, Holly because too. of the yeah, right. Holly's been great at avoiding that, and even when she's went to the ground, she's been very good. Yeah. So it's not even like, you know, I know she's a former boxer and champion and whatnot, but really, her MMA game is very well rounded at this point. But um, I just think with Kelton Beard, there's still some untapped potential there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Even if her action on the feet, pretty uh, just. Mediocre, I think, was the takeaway from the Misha Tate fight. Um, but I just, I more so just wonder if there's just going to be a bit of a slip here from Holly Holm. Is she going to look just a bit worse than maybe the last time we've seen her out? Because last time she looked just as good as she did in 2016. So it's it's got to yeah. come eventually in my head. Yeah, be on the lookout for it. That's a storyline. Yeah, more on this card to come. Actually, no, we do have one more fight in these headlines. I forgot. Uh, the co-main event, we'll see Santiago Ponza Nibio taking on Michelle Fajera, a fight that we'll see num- the number 14 ranked guy in the welterweight division. Uh, Michelle Fajera still looking to crack into that top 15. Uh, Fajera been on an interesting run, Dominic. I mean, he's yeah. I think he's on a four-fight winning streak now. Yep. Um, it came out today, this little article came out that I guess he's, uh, <laughs> I think, What's kicked off that four fight winning streak was change in training camps that saw him training with cattle and like mm-hmm. like horses and, and yeah. And... Is this correct? <laughs> I I saw a tweet from Mac Malley, the king of MMA Twitter, and he uh, confirmed that via that article and said that MMA is not real. If you're telling me this is what you got to do to go on a four fight win streak. Uh, and I'm still always amazed, I'm going to say it every time we talk about him, that he's only 28 years old. I can't believe it. He looks like he's 50, and he has like 50 million fights. It's crazy. I always think of when, I think the first time we talked about yeah. the show, you yeah. compared it to the bench warmer scene. Exactly. Where Carlos yeah. <laughs> said, I am 12, and Cram. And he's yeah. drinking like, I, I think it's tequila on the mound while pitching. Yes. Um, good stuff. Good stuff there. Um, so, Dominic, with this fight, Santiago Pantanibio is ranked number 14, and I think if you look at these two, when they've been at their best, Santiago Pantanibio has been much mm. better. And mm. Like, if you go back to when he was, I mean, chopping down Jeff Neal over, or uh, Neil Magny, excuse me, uh, yes. in his first main event, uh, he looked like a true contender, top five level. That's not really been the guy who we've had since he's come back from that extensive injury that nearly cost him his career and mm-hmm. his quality of life. Um, since then, I believe he started it by getting knocked out by Li Jingliang. Yep. And then has since followed that up with back-to-back wins, right? He is coming off a win over Jeff Neal, isn't that right? That was a split decision loss. Split decision split loss. Split decision loss. So he's 1-2 since coming back, I believe. 
The yeah, he beat Miguel Baeza. Yeah, it was a war. Great fight. Yes. I recommend yes. anybody who hasn't seen that. Check that fight out. That was still when Miguel Baeza felt like a real prospect. I mean, in a sense, he kind of still is, but, you know, Baeza's, it's looking He's a little more right now. these days. Yeah. Um, so because that Ponzinibbio has been in quality fights, he's held up to the guys he's fought. He's been, like, outside of the Jing Liang fight, like the other two fights, he's been competitive, obviously. But Dominic, with where he is now, like, does this feel like a very competitive fight, in your opinion, at this point? Like, is, San- is Santiago Ponzinibbio, do we need to accept that, like, he's probably never going to be the top five contender that he was at, or at least looked like that again. But who he is now, he can still be very competitive with someone like Michelle Pajara. Yeah, yeah, precisely that. I couldn't have put it better. And being that you said that, I can't help but just bring up the point. This dude was a guy that had won eight straight fights, headlined for the first time ever in Argentina, knocked out Neil Magny, was on top of the world, crashing into the welterweight ranks before this injury occurred. He lost... His prime years, Noah, the best years of uh, an athlete's career inside of the UFC, statistically, he lost. And now he's 35, and we've seen that while he's looked better with each fight of his comeback, because he's had three now, it still looks like a shell of the guy that once was tearing through the ranks and crashing into the top ten. So uh, I don't think we'll ever get to see that Ponzinibbio, which sucks, uh, but he's still in great fights. He's still ranked number 14 for a reason. I think he can very much so... Uh, put up a great fight against Michelle Pajara and potentially even in that winning streak that he's on. Interesting. Michelle Pajara is a slight favorite right now. Ponce Gibbio plus 100. I mean, that's very close to even money. Michelle Pajara minus 120. Um is a wild man. I mean, we all know it. He, yes. He's, he's, and it's been to his detriment and also to his benefit at times. I mean, in a way, I think that's been one of the reasons why he has – what's the word the clout he has at this point Mm -hmm. the yeah the following that he has the recognition is because he's just so unpredictable wild but it's been to his detriment and some of these fights you know he's doing things like doing backflips right (laughs) onto fighters that are on the ground and um you know he he kind of has at times gassed out uh, in in the later parts of these fights and because of that, you just never know what you're going to get with them. Now, I will say on this four-fight winning streak, it's mostly been a much calmer, much more composed yep. Michelle Pajara. Now, like the Nico Price fight came out a little bit. Pretty sure he did a backflip there. Yep, like, okay. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> I think I think that was the one because I think it, I think he actually like landed like one foot landed on Nico's head, and I think Nico was like, "What the fuck just happened?" <laughs> Yeah, that's illegal. That's fucking illegal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, we got to reel him back in again. Here with yeah. Santiago Ponzinibbio, Dom, who is a savage outright, but has been in really fun fights, even as recently as Baeza. But do you think that Ponzinibbio's fight style is going to bring that kind of unpredictability out of Pajara? Or do you think he'll be able to stay composed for the whole fight, even if win or lose? Yeah, that's a really good question because Ponzinibbio, like, you kind of know what he's going to do. I mean, he's not one to grapple or anything. He's going to stand and he's going to trade with you. He picks his shots. Pajara is well-rounded, but really that's all he does as well. 
I'd be curious to see if Pereira does want to at least try and initiate some sort of clinch, maybe press him against the cage, Podzinibbio. Uh, but yeah, I think especially if Santiago's landing early, he can bring that out of Michelle. The longer the fight goes, I think I would side with Santiago because we've seen him be in these wars and not waver. Michelle, while yes, all four of these wins have come via decision or three, the first one was a finish, then three straight decisions, he still does get a little bit tired. So, uh, yeah, I think that's kind of the route for Ponzinibbio if he wants to really have the most success. And Dom, I do think we're going to get probably the more composed version of Michelle Pajara here. And maybe that won't lead to the most exciting fight in the world, but you guys have to recognize where these two guys are in our career right now. Santiago Ponzinibbio, that number 14 ranking feels like so poetic to me because he's so far from where he was at his best, Dom. But he's still clinging on, holding on for dear life to that spot in the rankings, right? That, yeah. dare I say, relevancy or or whatever's left of it. Because for him, you know, he's still thinking probably world title, legacy. I'm sure to him that dream's not dead. Right. And a spot out of these rankings might kind of be the dagger in that. While for Michelle Pajara, even at 28 years old, like, it's kind of now or never with this guy. He's on a four fight winning streak. It's the best we've seen him look. He's beating legit competition like Nico Price. He's kind of brought that inner zen. He's he's composed himself. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, let's see how far we can take this. Because again, athletic freak. This yes. guy just backflips, standing backflips in the cage. He somehow makes 185 pounds when he's like 240 out in yes. the fight camp. Yeah. Um, which I think could be another story in this fight. It's, I think the size of, of Pajara is always an advantage for him. And, and yeah. you know, I like that a lot in this fight because you like the durability, or not the durability, the um, cardio of Ponzinibbio to hold up longer. And I agree with you. But I like the durability of Pajara. And I think that when it comes to cardio, the, there is a big part of it that is like, you know, the just the movement, you know, wears yeah. you down, right? And I yeah. think that Pahanzanibio does hold that in his favor. But I think Pajara's shots, if they're trading shot for shot, I think Pajara's got the more, yeah, I'm going to say he probably has more power in his strikes overall. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think the wear and tear over time, slow down Pahanzanibio, can maybe bring that, if he's not thinking straight, bring that fight IQ down. And uh, Michelle Pajara can really still remain competitive in this fight late in, even if he's starting to slow down just from the gas tank overall, if that makes sense. So, yeah, um, I think it's a great fight. I think it's a very even fight. It's going to be very telling for both these guys where they go forward. Yeah, for sure. Now, more on this card to come. Now I can say that. But we do have one headline here for Eagle FC. I believe this is Eagle FC 47. Yeah. Uh, so they are back back in the United States in Miami, uh, where they have been previously. Uh, I heard they had signed a deal, Dominic, with uh, with Miami to be back here like another five or six times through the summer. So Nice. I hope so. Yeah. So I believe we'll be seeing a lot more of them here. Now, our main event, reason why we're really talking about this is we got a pretty big debut for Eagle FC here in Junior Dos Santos, the former UFC heavyweight champion and just all around uh, heavyweight legend, contender. He uh, was recently released by the UFC after kind of going on a losing streak to end his run. 
He gets signed by Eagle FC here. He is debuting against Jorgen DeCastro, another former UFC heavyweight. Uh, Jorgen didn't have quite the success that JDS had. He only went, I think, one and two in the promotion. Had a really nice knockout to start his UFC career. Then he like lost to Greg Hardy and had that really that ugh, that fight with fucking Carlos Felipe. That I there it is, the inevitable. <laughs> yes, that that has got to be that has got to be like the biggest in joke. Like at some point, yes, Dominic. If we ever take this show to a pretty big high, that's going to be the sign of like OG fans are going to oh, be for sure. talking about Felipe versus the Castro. <laughs> Yes. So with that being said, Dominic, you have a matchup here that on one hand almost feels like it should be kind of a mismatch, but on another hand, I'm competitive when you look at, I guess, how these two have looked as of late in their careers. When you look at it, though, do you think that the competition JDS was fighting being better and him getting finished in those fights, is that more telling of just tougher competition? Or do you think this is really like fair matchmaking for him at this point that he is fighting a level guy in the grand scheme of things um, that maybe he, or is, is that really just where he is at this point? No, dude, I think Eagle FC hit the nail on the head with this fight. I think it makes sense. I think it's a good headliner. I think it's a good debut in the promotion for JDS. Uh, like you said, he finished on a four fight skid uh, in the UFC. Yes, they were all to the elite guys, but also all four were via TKO. I mean, he was getting finished by people so you have to take a step back at some point or another right and if you're going to go to a different promotion then you know so be it Jorgen de castro you know he, he's a good fighter he's one and own eagle fc came in and had a first round submission in his debut earlier this year so i think it can actually be more competitive than what people are thinking maybe people do think it'll be competitive because jds is skid uh, but i think it will actually be a good fight it's a good welcome to the promotion if you're JDS still looking to get a few more in for your career and for Jorgen if he can beat JDS he's still 35 time to do something maybe get to an Eagle FC title shot I, I like everything about this dude I really do I think I'll agree with you I, I would say I also like this uh, fight for, as a debut and just as a fight overall for Jorgen to cash for both sides now you you really hit it on kind of what what this fight can show for Jorgen DeCastro. It's just I mean this is if you're him it's a there's no yeah a risk to lose a fight but like there's no negative to taking this fight at all like you yeah you're fighting exactly. a legend and it'd be the biggest biggest win under your career for JDS I think it's a good matchup to show like okay where's the chin at like because Jorgen DeCastro yep. carries a lot of power uh-huh. he's a heavyweight but he's also a heavyweight that can crack. So because of that, you're going up against a guy who has the power to probably put you away. But I would say skill for skill, JDS is still far better. So yeah. because of that, but at heavyweight, that that's the big equalizer, right? I mean, that's just... Heavyweight more than any other division, if you carry that power, if you're able to... Technique isn't really that important. I mean, it is, but it isn't. You know what I mean? So... Um, for JDS, I think he has, technically speaking, I think he has far more skills than DeCastro. I just think he's far better, but it's going to be about can he take a punch. That's really what it's going to come down to here, and we're going to find out, I would say, pretty quickly because I don't see this fight going very long. No, I don't think it'll go long at all, and I almost wonder, too, like, 
what what is in Habib's head for this fight? What does he kind of want for the winner of this fight? We we saw the heavyweight title fight. Uh, I think it was at the beginning of this year for Eagle FC. Do they want to maybe welcome one of these guys into that position uh, as they keep coming back to the uh, United States, as Noah already alluded to earlier? So th- there's there's a lot of implications for this. It's it's fan friendly. I'm looking forward to it. I have no doubt in my mind the winner of this is getting a title fight, especially yeah. JDS. JDS yeah. is definitely getting a title fight if he wins this. Like, come on. Who How else can't you? You know? <laughs> exactly. More on this card to come to, but we do have some fight announcements to talk about first. A few kind of under-the-radar ones, but good. Oh, you know I, I mean? like them, yeah. yeah. And I mean, the first one here is, I mean... Not not safe for work. There is flash that flash that message here. Like this fight is not safe to view at work. As Brad Rydell will be taking on Jalen Turner at UFC 276. Dominic, this card just gets more and more stacked. Mm. It feels like every fight that's getting added is getting put on this card. Rydell versus Jalen Turner. I mean, what more could you want? This is perfect. Jalen Turner seems to be putting it all together right now. He's looking to crack into the top ranks. Brad Rydell's never in a boring fight. He's looking to hold on. Uh, it's two of the uh, young prospects in this 155-pound division, man. Jalen Turner, uh, he's, he's so interesting. His his range, his he's so well-rounded. He's been putting on great performances, the submissions. His striking's always dangerous. He's submitted uh, Euros Medik, who we're going to talk about a little bit later in this show which is an impressive win, and Brad Rydell can crack. He was a former yeah. kickboxing world champion. That fight, chef's kiss, dare yeah, I say. Brad Rydell went tip for tap with Drew Dober. We see how hard Drew Dober hits. Look at what and Hafeel Fazayev, too. Yeah, very true, very true. Uh, following that one, July 16th. Oh. Now, 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 now oh. <laughs> Jack Shore, a, oh. a new addition to the top 15 here, number 14-ranked Bantamweight in the world. Taking on Ricky Simone. My only thing here I have to say, Dominic, because this fight, I mean, this fight hurts Dominic because one of these guys is going to have to lose. (laughs) I know. But my question is, Dominic, since the start of this show, his guy at Bantamweight has been Ricky Simone. He has wore Ricky every time he fights. I dare you. I said it over text. I'm saying it now. Yeah. I dare you to be War Ricky first fight. I did. I want you to put your money where your mouth is. I want you to bet two units on Ricky Simone money line because I guarantee he'll be the underdog. July sixteenth. I got some time to save some money up. Listen, <laughs> man, dude, this fight it's tough. This is the part where it sucks having favorite fighters for divisions right because really these are two of the favorites in this whole division for me jack shore we tried to get the respect that he's deserved on this show for a long time he's undefeated six and oh now uh inside the ufc ricky simone's on a tear lately he seems to be putting it all together the mullet is in full force that fight right there i don't know where it's gonna go how it's gonna play out but i'm just gonna love and soak in well hopefully i'm gonna love and soak in every second of it and that and that dare doesn't hold up, by the way. I was just playing with Dom. He, he could. I don't want him to have to. But it will be very telling if, mm-hmm. after all this time, you've been more Ricky. If you don't ride with your guy, I'm just saying. I'll put money down on a draw. It'll be like plus five thousand anyway. <laughs> yeah. If that actually happened, though, we're 
we got to go celebrate. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, one thing, I, since you acknowledged all the good of this fight, I'm going to just acknowledge how weird it is that it's booked on July 16th. Jack Shore was yeah. on UFC London. You didn't book it a week later, and apparently, because I, 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 Ariel acknowledged that this was weird as well. I can't remember if Ariel asked him. Someone asked him, and he basically said he was never offered to fight on the, yeah. the, the second UFC London card. So, kind of weird. I don't look. I would I love to watch like Jack Shore. I love Jack Shore. And He's so good. I would have loved to have watched them again in London because it would have been electric. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not all that. <laughs> he, he is still if he, if he was like two wins away, like or let's say how do, how do I word this? Put, like, in the future, like a year from now, let's say he had built up, like, two more wins, like this one and one more. He's, like, a top ten guy. Yeah. Then maybe I think it was weirder. But here, yeah. like, the the ones that are the essentials, you get got Molly McCann, Patty Pimblett, Tom Aspinall. I mean, isn't Darren Till? Darren Till, yeah. So, like, Jack Shore is a step below that as far as essential people for the UFC London card. Yeah. But again, his entrance, I believe, I think he came out to. Did he go out to? Um, he came out to something Seven, cool. Seven Nation. I Army? think that's that what it was for Seven him. Seven Nation Army is that the song or type or the artist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The White Stripes. That's who's singing. Right. I think that's what he came out to. It was electric. But again, it's weird. But like, I'm not gonna like be on a soapbox about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, next one. Well, actually, also on July 16th. This one, oh. I might, I'm, I'm very... All of these are on the same card. Oh, yeah. Holy yeah, so shit. We got two more for the same card here. And this card's definitely stacking up. Now. Yeah. Um, is this Austin? Is this the Austin? No, no that's June, June 18th. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Li Jingliang, the leech. Last time we saw him was at the press conference for UFC 273. Oh, I forgot about he that. He was asking Hamza a question. That was like my favorite part of that whole press conference. That was great. Um, we haven't seen him though for real since he got carried across the cage by Hamzad. Yeah, got choked out. I mean, just a. I mean, what a star-making performance it was for Hamzad though. Yeah, but he's back here going up against Muslim Salikov. Salikov been a very underrated fighter in this welterweight division. A guy that I think a lot more people need to be recognizing as a true prospect here. I believe Salikov's a little bit older though. Am I wrong on that? I think so, but I, I think he has a solid... Is he undefeated? Or he's undefeated in the UFC, maybe? I don't know. You talk, I'll look it up, but I do know Muslim Salkov has been one of those guys, like, he was ranked 15, and then I think Hamza busted in, so he kind of fell out, so he's, yeah. like, right there on the border, but just talk about this fight. Yeah, I mean, this is a good fight because Li Jingliang, still young, still a guy that I believe has solid potential, man. He's ranked 13th for a reason. But Muslim Salikov already said he's kind of just floating under the radar. This is his chance to crack in a legitimately and beat a top 15 guy. Uh, and if it's anything, you know, this is a guy that likes to grapple, but he could strike too. Li Jingliang, it's a dangerous fight for him to lose that spot. So I was right. You were close to being right. 37 years old is how wow. old Muslim Salikov is, which is always crazy for me to say. Like I, was, I wasn't even thinking that old. In the UFC, he did lose his debut via submission back in 2017. That was on the Bisping versus Gastelum card in China. Oh, wow, in China, yeah. He lost to Alex Garcia via rear naked choke. 
since then has won five straight. Hmm. Um, got wins over KO'd Ricky Rainey, KO'd Nordine Taleb, and then since then has three straight decision victories over Laureano Steropoli, Eliza Zalecki Dos Santos, and Francisco Trinaldo. Those are three solid wins, I would say. So Yeah. Um, but my point is, is that Salikov, and overall he's uh, 18-2. and two. Okay. So okay. He, he's only got one other loss outside the promotion. He fought for M1 on his come up like early days. So he's a guy that like, especially fans outside of the United States are pretty high on, on his potential. But again, it's like, how much time does he really have? I mean, again, he's 170 pounder, 37 years old. It's again, it's now or never. And he's going up against a beast. And yes. Leech. I mean, the leech is just a, is a beast of a man, but, uh, Salikov style, I'm not saying he's going to be able to do what Hamzat did, but it would very much be to do that. Like, right. You know, so um, well, it will be an interesting battle. Mm-hmm. And the last one, Bill Squared. It's going down. <sighs> Billy Cornteo taking on Bill Algio. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great fight. And Billy Cornteo, I think, is someone that a lot of the fame, you know, more hardcore, but like even – People that kind of ride that in the middle, hard yeah. or casual, are fans of. He's decently vocal on social media and stuff. He's got a pretty decent presence on there. Uh, he's just been in all absolute stunning fights, exciting fights throughout his career. He, him, and um, Shane Burgos were robbed of like a I know a man super hot crowd. That crowd was so drained after they were to fight that followed. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Yeah, um, crazy. Tough. It's tough because by the end, by the main event, they were ready to go again. It's like, oh man, that that crowd would have been perfect for for uh, that fight because that fight's actually like amazing. So, sick. but now Billy Q hasn't been able to crack those ranks. Dom, he takes a step back again, and Bill Algio, who's a tough matchup for a lot of people. He's got a lot of size on these guys in the lower weight classes, uh, but Bill Algio. This would be by far his biggest one in his career. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, this is a great fight, man. You know, I saw someone tweet that the loser of this has to officially go by William from here on out, which is funny. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is one of those fights. It's two prospects. They've been in fun fights. They've gotten good wins. Now they got to face each other, but the winner likely gets that top 15 guy next. It's a very good scrap. Both guys well-rounded, scrappy, hard hitters, got great durability. I'm looking forward to it. I don't – that – fight night card right there i don't even know what the main event's going to be but those three fights are uh so good for guys like us so i'm yeah. looking forward to it this the, that's what this these fight announcements felt like like i'm not sure how many of the people that listen to us are going to be like uh, yeah about those fights but those are fights for us yes exactly <laughs> uh, now let's get into the rest we got some more from these cards for this weekend but we're going to do it a little bit differently this time now no 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 this ain't going to be like a, a change like a permit change but it feels like across both these cards, Dom, there's a lot of fighters I'm excited to watch or excited to see return. But as far as the fights themselves, they don't hold a lot of meat to them. Like there's not a whole lot of dig. Like uh, there's not a whole lot to say, I guess, about a lot yeah. of these fights. So I'm just gonna give you. I'm just gonna rattle off some names here that are competing this weekend across both cards, and you can just kind of tell me who you are most excited to see come back. Um, maybe or who's your biggest like who's the biggest x factor who are you not sure about you know like that kind of thing okay 
So names like Chidi and Jokwani, Jesko Todorovic, Jailton Almeida, Euros Medic, Chase Hooper, and Hector Lombard. So like with those names, who who's kind of sticking out to you? Man, there's 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 like some good ones. I'm gonna go Chase Hooper. I'm gonna go Chase Hooper, the young yeah, guy, the young gun, dude. I was when I was taking notes um, today for the show. I was looking back. He was on the Contender Series, right, and all this. He was 18 years old when he fought on the Contender Series. He is 22 now. Uh, it's going to be about a year since we last saw Hooper, so it's been a bit of a layoff. It's a guy that you know had this excitement around him. He's an ace on the ground, real tall and rangy. He looks like Ben Askren. He goes by Ben Askren's son. It's kind of like his whole ordeal. It's just, he's such a funny character, but he's not put it all together, right? And we know he's super young, obviously, but there's glaring weaknesses but with this time off i want to see what he looks like this week uh he's going up against 28 year old and felipe corral Colorado. Yeah. clo how do i say his Col- name Col- 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 colaris my yeah. tongue was fucking twisted all kinds of ways that for was that the one. white the white in you was coming out there he's going up against felipe and uh i think it's actually a tough test another guy that's an ace on the ground as well so Usually, what do we see, right? When it's two great grapplers that cancel each other out, it's going to be on the feet. Well, you're long, you're rangy, that is, for Chase Hooper. But can you actually put something together with your strikes? Now, I think there's a lot riding for him. I know he's still young. I've said it a lot. But I really want to see him put together this full skill set and see what he can reach in terms of his potential. Yeah, my my fear with Chase Hooper, after his last fight, I'm pretty sure even Dana was kind of like, yeah, he may need more time on yeah. to, to get seasoned. and. That's still my fear here is like, yeah, I, I get it. He's not fighting like a highly touted uh, opponent here. But Felipe Colares is 28 years old, is much more seasoned. As, if this fight stays on the feet, I mean, Chase Hooper's stand-up is truly, I mean. It's almost non-existent. Yeah, like it's just not really there. And, I mean, obviously, like you're saying, I mean, he's so young that who knows a year could show a vast amount oh, yeah. of improvement. But I'm kind of a believe it when I see it kind of person. Of course. So because of that, that's that that was a whole fear of mine. You'll see that in the bet slip later. Just how me and Dom kind of differ on this fight just a little bit. Um, the person I'm most excited to see is Dalton Almeida because mm-hmm. uh, he's going up to heavyweight, uh, fighting Parker Porter, who has a very good name for MMA, probably related to one of our best friends of the show, uh, Tyler <laughs> Porter. True. Um, and um, because of that, uh, Parker Porter, though, not great. I mean, he's, I will admit, he's done better than I thought he would. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of, immediately upon his entry into the UFC, I wrote this guy off. And he's, she's surprised me a couple times. But I think he's a very good first opponent for Jailton Almeida because Almeida is an absolute savage. This dude is a, dude. Built, built like a brick shit house. Uh, he gets it done on the feet. He gets it done on the ground. I mean, I'm pretty sure out of, uh, I'm on, if I remember right, all five of uh, Parker Porter's losses have been via finish, I think. I think yep. Three of them via KOTKO, two of them via submission. And every so, win for Almeida has been a finish. <laughs> so it seems tailor-made for that. We'll admit there is some intrigue because, again, Almeida's going up here. Will the the added size of these opponents, will the shots not land as hard? Will they? It'll be interesting to see. Like if he, if Almeida can't get him out of there quickly, Parker Porter maybe starts 
you know, take it, clench it up, kind of grind it on him like he's known to do. How's Almeida going to hold up in the later rounds? You know, we'll, we'll see. But I have a lot of hope for Almeida here. Yeah, I like that. And I will say, just to give some of these other guys uh, their time, what do you think about this co-main for, for Eagle FC? Hector Lombard taking on Tiago Silva. Two guys that uh, Tiago Silva had some pretty big fights in the UFC, uh, but never quite was able to yeah. reach the, you know, he never really was, he never fought for a title or anything, but he did have some big fights. I think he did across two different tenures in the UFC as well. While Hector Lombard was a guy who was really his legacy is made through the World Series of Fighting, I believe. And uh, through that promotion, he was like a dominant champion, undefeated, stud. UFC signs him, and he's been, he was a huge disappointment. I think he went four and eight mm-hmm. in his UFC career. I, I always remember him because he was on the very first card I ever watched in Tom's Basement, UFC 199. And Dan Henderson sent him to the shadow realm. It yep. was unbelievable. It was the back elbow. It was disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely incredible stuff. That was what I think that was the moment that made yeah. me like Oh shit. Secured me like, <laughs> okay, I love this sport now. So yeah. Hector Lombard, I thank you for that. But is there any interest in this fight for you, or is it just kind of a bleh? Yeah, it's kind of blah. I just I, I want to point this out to everybody. So for Hector, he's uh forty four now. He hasn't won a fight since March of twenty fourteen. He's lost six straight fights. Tiago Silva. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. Um, Hector Lombard, 44, <laughs> yeah. has not won a fight since March of 2014. You, you're, you're telling me he hasn't won a fight, an MMA fight, like at all? Correct. Since March 2014. And he's lost six. Not, even a, li- not even a little? Not, not, not even. E- well, okay, if you want to be technical, he won in January 2015. Then it got overturned for I don't know what happened. It was a decision I can't, imagine, when, I can't imagine what it could have been with yeah. him. <laughs> so, technically, March 2014, if you even count that January 2015, what's the fucking difference, really? It, yeah. It's been a long time. Um, you know, for Tiago Silva, by the way, also, Hector hasn't fought since September 2018. For Tiago Silva, he has lost two in a row, but he hasn't fought since May of 2019. He's 39 years old. It's one of those weird fights, but, uh, you know, again, it's like two guys that want to keep fighting, even though they've had long layoffs. I don't know what's bringing them back. Maybe Habib's just got that money flowing over there at Eagle FC. Yeah. We'll see what happens, but, yes, I'm very well, blah. And that doesn't – and, that, and it, it paints certainly a picture, and that's, that's certainly a picture. Yeah. But the true story is Hector Lombard's been fighting – Pretty rel- pretty uh, actively in the bare knuckle, I believe. Oh yeah, he was. He was in bare knuckle, wasn't? I he? think he's a bare knuckle champion. <laughs> I him and Tiago Alves is over there too. Tiago Alves yeah, is over yeah. there. Yeah, um, I forgot about I, that. Because Hector Lombard had this beef with like I think Tyron Woodley. I think Tyron Woodley was at a bare knuckle show and they like had words and there was some. But uh, even wait, John is Hector Crowley. also the guy that got into it with? Uh... Let me bang bro guy? Or was that Tiago Alves? Where are you talking about was there a scuffle in the ring? And he like yeah, yeah. Was that Hector? I think that was Hector. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, him and Tiago, they're both bald and so like, yeah, they look the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they kind of look similar now that you mentioned that. But uh yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Hector because I remember people were like, Yeah, he's about that life. And he is. Yeah. So yeah. in a way, he's been actively competing in combat sports. Fair. Which I think gives him an edge over Tiago Silva, who I don't 
believe has been <laughs> let us know if he has um but yeah it's it's a it's a co-main where again like we you guys know we we've kind of overdone it maybe in my on my end like i've kind of overdone it with the negativity about the old man fights and stuff like i obviously we i probably am going to get to a point where i stop saying like i want these guys to be healthy or whatever but i mean obviously like i obviously want that yeah so because of that like i don't love it for that reason because it's like we're really having an mma fight where a guy's 44 hasn't won a real legit fight in mma since 2014 yeah yeah but at the end of the day it'll probably be a fun sloppy fight i mean these two guys are gonna come ready to scrap and you know i don't know that's really all i can say about it i'm not I'm not like I'm I put it on here for a reason. Like it's it's a legit enough fight to where I thought it was worth having on here. Yeah, fair. Also, quick shout out my guy Coconut Bombs Mackie Patolo's fighting on yeah, UFC. Yeah, that's right. I'm for, I would I should have put him on here because Mac, that is a big deal. I think Mackie Patolo could thrive with Eagle FC. He's going to let Mackie the coconuts Patolo, fly. Exactly. But he's got such a fun fight style. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for him, he just wasn't on the right side of a lot of those fights. He lost a lot of them. That's why he fell yep. out of the UFC. But I think he could be big in the UFC. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Now let's get into the below average bet slip, the betting portion of this show. Now, Dominic pulled a little sneaky sneak uh, on you guys last or on me last week uh, when he when he put the clip together. That man made sure he made it look like. I will admit, like, he, he kind of got me a little bit. He basically, like, clipped it and made it look like this is, and I get what you were doing. Like, you basically made it to where it looked like pretty much un, not different at all from the the previous thumbnails. Um, and I was like, and he had the same intro and everything. I'm oh, like, the oh. intro. Okay. I'm like, this sneaky motherfucker. I know what he, I said, I see what he's doing. He's, but, um, yeah, we do have the the betting show on here now kind of talked about that last week. So if you tuned in Friday and maybe you were a little bit confused, that's because we do have it as part of this show now where we yeah. talk about it on here and it's just our personal bet slips. So that being said, we have the bet slips here and right away things look weird. Right away. <laughs> what's going on here? 1.5 two. what's going on? Oh, we're, we're, we're evolving. Dare we, dare I say. <laughs> yeah. So me and Dominic actually aligned on a lot of our picks this week, and yeah, we we tend to, but this week it just felt like we were just, I mean, our in each other's just, brains. Yeah, it's like the episode of SpongeBob, like we're like brothers, only closer. There's <laughs> their abdomens are like connected. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'll start by going through the singles that we agreed on, and okay. then I'll kick it to you. Okay. So we had a couple money line plays that we both agreed on. That's the one point five units for both Pollyanna Viana money line and Euros Medic money line. Um, I was the one that put the point five, so I'm going half a unit on both of those. Um, it really comes down to I like both these fighters a lot, especially Euros Medic. I like him yeah. a lot, and I still yeah. believe in him. But for him especially, he's coming off a tough loss. It's a really tough loss. He got dominated by Jalen Turner. I don't see Omar Morales being able to do that to him here. Now, do I think Omar Morales can execute some sort of similar game plan and you know, effectively 
take him down and get for a submission. Yes, I do think that's possible, but I like Euros Medic striking a lot. I think he's going to be looking to bounce back here in a big way. Um, so I'm I'm riding with him, but only half a unit for me. Dom went the full unit on all his this week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying out some different unit sizes. I'll I'm going to try to tinker with it more week by yeah. week. But Pollyanna Viana, I like her, but again, that three fight losing streak in the middle of her UFC run has just kind of held me back from truly buying into her. She's a slight underdog here. Plus 105. I don't really see it with Tabitha Ricci, but by the way, I'm not like completely sold on her. That's sort of where this comes in. I just think I've seen more out of Pollyanna Viana, and that's pretty much why uh, I'm assuming Dom will kind of uh, feel similar to a lot of my thoughts. Plus 125 for Euros Medique, plus 105 for Pollyanna Viana, money line. Dominic, your next single. Yeah, so uh, my next single was another. It was a third money line pick. I went with Chase Hooper, the man I said I was most excited for. Maybe some betting bias was because of that. But uh, seriously, I, I'm really curious to see after you know a year off if he has evolved any because I think that's his only way. You know, sink or swim, man. You're in the UFC, so I want to see him show up. I believe in him enough to show up. You know, Felipe hasn't showed a ton. He's had a decent run in the mill. You know, back and forth wins and losses. And Chase Hooper, much of the same. So I think it is going to be scrappy. I think it's going to be close. But coming in at plus 150, like, there were a lot of dogs on this card that I would be willing to dabble in. And that's, you know, those three right there on the top are three of those. So that's why I played them. Chase Hooper, hopefully uh, you don't steer me wrong. I'm excited to see how he looks. Yeah, and the next three are all mine, correct? The next yep. three singles. So uh, I'm going to stick with Chase Hooper. I'll talk about his first if you go under Michelle Pajero for a second. So Chase Hooper... Felipe Colares, I have that fight to go to distance at minus 135. Like you kind of said, Dom, both are very effective when they're on the ground. And I think both are going to be good enough to kind of basically cancel that out for one another. So you're probably going to get kind of a sloppy uh, brawl here on the feet. Or, yeah. Uh, at least for parts of the fight. Um, we'll see if Chase Hooper or Colares, let's see if they can kind of take over. Maybe Colares will have too much of an advantage in the stand-up to where... Chase is kind of forced to look for those takedowns. And because that, I don't really see either guy getting finished here. Um, I think it's uh, going to go to those judges' scorecards pretty easily. Uh, the other money line play I had, I also had three money line plays. Very un uncharacteristic for me. <laughs> Michelle Vieira. A lot of people are avoiding this co-main event. And I get it. I get yeah. why. I do get it. I mean, my, my, my partner here also avoided <laughs> the co-main event. But... Michelle Pajara, I just look at, I'm just looking at uh, what, what these guys have been doing for me lately. And sure, again, at his best, Santiago Ponzinibbio, I think, beats Michelle Pajara pretty handedly. But he is pretty much a shell of himself. And even if he's able to beat a guy like Miguel Baeza, who I will still stand by, was pretty good when he beat him. Um, but... You know, the losses are adding up. You know, Lee Jingliang via KO. And then he's getting, like, that fight with Jeff Neal. I know it was a split decision, but did that really, I don't remember that fight inspiring a lot of confidence in either guy. Right. Michelle Pajara, though, I feel like each win is a step in the right direction. Like, something looks a little more polished or something looks a little bit stronger, cardio-wise even. Like, in the fight with Nico Price, I thought he held up better down the stretch. Um, or I could be mistaken. Maybe that was, maybe he fell apart down the stretch. <laughs> uh, 
what I'm saying is that I just think Michelle Pereira is just a stronger fighter right now, and I think the the momentum uh, swings in his favor, and uh, I think he'll be confident here. Minus one twenty. I think if you lean hard either way, you got to throw something on it though. Like if you, because a lot of people like most. I think I would say most are pretty even on this fight, but I think uh, if you feel strongly one way or another, you got to throw something on it. Yeah, with those odds, you have to. And the last one, Chidi and Jokowani and Dusko Todorovic, two guys that I've had uh, interest in over my time doing this show. Chidi, of course, had a he's a guy that stuck out a lot from the Contender Series last year because he was already in his 30s, but he's also a guy who had fought for Bellator. Like He had been yep. in Bellator main events before, had fought for LFA, finds his way here in the UFC in his 30s. Going up against Dusko Todorovic, who I always say looks like uh, Sid from uh, Toy Story. Yep. Um, and early on, looked like an electric striker, just really polished on the feet. Since then, as you know, he got smashed by Punahele Soriano. Yeah. And, um, got beat on the judges' scorecards by Gregory Rodriguez. Uh, he is coming off a win, but again, it's like. Started to see a little bit more holes. His striking defense is really that's the biggest back. thing. Yeah. So here with uh, Chidi being so you know Chidi, I think his debut in the UFC was only like uh, I don't want to be mistaken. Well, he's was, coming off of a 16 second knockout against uh, Mark yeah, Andre Barriol. Yes, thank you. Six. I was I was going to say like 30 second. I wasn't. I couldn't remember. Yeah. So because of that, the dude is definitely pretty. Um, he's pretty dangerous. aggressive out the gate. Dangerous out the gate. So I think someone here, the striking is going to be too good in this one to where I think someone's going down. Yeah, I I love that. At minus 200, it kind of shows too because Chidi's won three in a row all via KOTKO. Disco's had 13 fights and 11 have not gone the distance. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, minus 200 again, you're not getting a ton. Like, it's basically half your money. So, yeah. like, you know, you put down $100, you're going to win 50 is kind right. of the, the evaluation there. But, um, Again, like, if I had something else I really liked, I probably would have parlayed it, but I didn't. I told you guys, if it's minus 200 or better, I'll, I'll consider it. Right. Now to the parlays, Dominic. This is where you get to dominate the conversation. You got two of the three parlays, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so I'll start with the one that's not so similar to Noah. So the, the uh, minus 105 parlay there on the right side of the screen. I've got Elise Reed and Sam Hughes uh, to go the distance, and then Njokowani and Todorovic to not go the distance. Noah's single play, essentially. Man, we were just in sync this week. Uh, but I feel very confident in this one to come in at almost plus money, I think is a great deal. You know, Reed and Hughes... I, I almost even went as far as taking Sam Hughes at the underline. I think she's plus 145 right now for those that are interested. She's with a better camp now, and I think it showed while she did struggle uh, a little bit against Estela Nunez in her last one, she came on strong toward the end and finished great. And I think she's just very durable. Elise Reed uh, won a split decision against Corey McKenna, but before that lost her UFC debut. I think it's just two women that are still looking to find their stride. I think they go tit for tat. Uh, you know, scrappy, but just neither are big finishers. I don't see that one um, getting finished. And then obviously copy-paste what Noah said for Todorovic and Njokowani and what I added on at the end. I think that fight's going to be fireworks. I just don't quite know how long it's going to last. For the second parlay, it's going to be perfect because I'm going to segue and toss it right up for the alley-oop to Noah. We're starting with Holly Holm by KOTKO, DQ or Decision, uh, and then Jouten Almeida by Finish. Listen, 
Holly, I think, is going to look really good in this fight again. She's a minus 240 favorite on the money line for a reason. Uh, Ketlin is a good challenge, but if Holly looks anything near what she did against Irene Aldana, I think she wins this fight smooth sailing. And we've seen Ketlin get knocked out by Irene Aldana. Holly Holmes a hell of a puncher and has some great kicks if she lands. It's potentially uh, there for a knockout. And then Jailton Almeida, we've already talked about it in, in, in the rest portion of the episode. I'm excited to see what he looks like against Parker Porter. Parker's won three in a row all by decision. Almeida doesn't know what a decision is. Uh, the only thing that worries me is that he is going to heavyweight against a true big boy heavyweight. Uh, but this dude's finished all 15 of his wins. I think he uh, completes it again here. He, he's got all this hype behind him. He's taking pictures with Charles Oliveira during fight week. I'm feeling confident on that one. That's plus 125. Noah, take it away to tell us how you got the plus 227. Yeah, I know. I went with the extra leg here, and I did my only other money line play that was a bit too much a favorite to do as a single. Jonathan Martinez. So, funny enough, I bet against – well – I didn't bet against him. I think I bet for one of his... It was his last fight against Alejandro Perez. I bet for it to go under two and a half rounds. And my intention in doing so was that I thought Perez might secure some sort of finish victory. Yeah. And that didn't happen. And I think uh, I got to start respecting who Jonathan Martinez really is. I mean, he's on back-to-back wins. I remember he welcomed uh, Zbayad Lazishvili to the UFC. I don't know if you remember him, but... Um, that was a guy, I think he was from Dagestan or somewhere like that, and thought there was some potential there, and he went in there and looked fantastic. Yeah, he's been knocked out by Davey Grant. He lost a split decision to Andre Yule, but overall in his UFC run, I mean, he's got wins over Thomas Almeida, Frankie Saez. I mean, really just, he's been around a lot longer than you would think. Like, his record is 6-3 and three in the UFC, and here I just... I, I got to stop start realizing this guy's actually really good and surprisingly, like, pretty well-rounded. He's got good kicks. Um, he's good with the range. Like, he, he's a pretty safe style, truthfully, that um, leads to him being pretty durable in fights. Yeah, he got knocked out by Davy Grant, but it's Davy Grant. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, I liked him here to finish off the parlay, plus 227. Two units, by the way. What? What? Oh, what, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. Talk me yeah. through. Take me through your thought process. So you're so confident here to lay two units on a plus two twenty seven. Let us know why. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I am trying to play with my um, my unit sizes a little bit, and I was kind of looking around, and I'm like, okay, so what? Where on here am I just like super confident? And it mm-hmm. just kept coming back to this parlay, and I get it. There's a lot of room for error on here, right? But really, is there? I mean, really, the riskiest part of this, in my opinion, is the Jonathan Martinez one. I think so, yeah. But I'm pretty sure that was the biggest favorite of the odds I put on here. Holly Holm by KOTKO decision is minus 200. Yeah. Jailton Almeida by finish is minus 200. Jonathan Martinez money line, I believe, when I put it in was minus 220. Yep. So, because of that, the sports book's telling me that's more of a lock, which I know that's not really that's not how I make decisions, but <laughs> yeah. Um, the strength of this parlay comes on the the Holly Holm and Jailton Almeida plays for me. Like yeah. I think if I, I'm very confident in those two to win, and I think that's the only way they get it done. And 
Jonathan Martinez, I just felt strongly enough as a third leg to where I was like, all right, we're doubling down on this one. I, I looked at my other singles. Michelle Pajara, I, I considered, but I have a lot of respect for Ponzi, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to do that. I think the Njokawani Todorovic one is probably the one I should have put two units on, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I like it. I respect it. Ballsy. Ballsy. Yeah. I mean, let's hope we can keep some good momentum going from last week. Uh, that's, speaking for me, I mean, there was no Bellator card to add to this part, to this bet slip. As you guys know, Dominic kind of infamously shunned my Bellator picks last week um, at, the, at the 11th hour. And because of that, we we had like plus nine units that we could have put on uh, the on our to to inflate our numbers. But right, I couldn't right. Do it because I'm hey, I didn't put it on the show. Like you know, I can't, I can't. Loyal man, fair yeah. man. So I mean, now Dominic, I think learned his lesson. I think uh, from now on, he will not be shunning. He's lucky. He's lucky there was no Eagle FC odds on <laughs> <laughs> on, on DraftKings because Dominic, he is. You guys, I you got Dominic is being a UFC homer. Ugh. You guys got to attack him for it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, it, Dominic literally told me last week. He's like, we can put him on if you want. I'm like, no, 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 we can't. We can't. There's no room on the. Well, because Dominic, when I said I had, I'm like, hey, I had a couple of Bellator plays you could put. He's like, there's no room on the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no room on the the whatever graphic. You know, the, yeah, the graphic, and I was like. Well, fine. There's no room on the graphic, then I guess we won't. And I and then I just wouldn't take no for an answer. But but seriously, MMA better Noah here had a huge week last week. I mean, you went like plus ten units positive for yourself personally. Yeah, I mean that's true. Um, it was well needed because I actually went through my entire history on DraftKings. <laughs> oh boy. And I made sure, I, like you know, I only did my bets, but. Um, I did the math because, you know, I haven't been keeping track of a lot of other sports, and I stopped keeping track of MMA because it was making me mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think I need a couple more weeks like that, and then I'll feel comfortable. To like, a couple more 10 units, you know, it's nothing, right? <laughs> and then hopefully I'll be I'll feel a little more comfortable. I mean, this is the guy that lost like 100 bucks on Canelo Alvarez a couple weeks ago. so uh, It's fine. You know, it's, it, we'll see. If there's one thing you'll find on this show, it's transparency. Transparency. <laughs> Consistency? Eh. <laughs> but that's going to wrap it up for the below average bet slip. Um, make sure to let us know what picks you're playing, what sports book you're using. Is there any plays from us that you're picking up? Is there any that you're riding against? Let us you fading know. us? <laughs> yeah, you fading? <laughs> Look at Dominic learning that, that vocab. <laughs> Now, Dominic, as you know, we always wrap the show with closing statements. The opportunity for us to get anything and everything off our chest, MMA or not. So, Dominic, do you have any uh, closing statements for today? I do. Uh, I have a question for the people. Noah had a question on Monday about salad. I have a question on this beautiful Thursday about golf and specifically wearing a glove. Listen. I can't believe you're doing this. I've talked about golf. I've talked about my golf uh, hobby a lot on this show, what I've done over the weekends, what I'm doing throughout the week, right? Uh, I played twice this week, Monday and Tuesday night, back-to-back, went out, had a great time with the boys. Our our buddy JP came back home, by the way. He's got a ring on the finger now, married man. Loved seeing him last night on the course. Yes, of course. But, um, you know, Noah kind of came on when off recording today. 
He's like, dude, I, I couldn't believe you. I couldn't believe you. I saw something on Snapchat, and I'm like, oh, what did he see on Snapchat? Dominic, First, I was really nervous. I was like, oh, oh, hold on. Dominic now. starts apologizing for stuff that I didn't even see. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, dude, I'm sorry. What I, I'm sorry. It wasn't what it looked like when I did it with your right. sister. And I'm like, huh? wait, what did you do with my sister? I'm like, what's going on here? So it turns out Noah's not a fan of me wearing my golf glove. So I just want to know, because, again, hey, I've never claimed to be good at golf, right? I'm, I'm work in progress. It's my fourth or fifth summer golf, and I'm getting better year by year. So the next step, adding a glove to the hand for the clubs, right? We don't wanna, You don't want to rough the hands up. We need them. I need them. I'm hitting into the trees too much, right? So do you or do you not wear a glove when you golf our beautiful Joey community, let me know. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, let me, first off, for the record, let the record show that, I mean, I guess we probably were recording at that time, so you could probably Oh, technically, me. yeah. I could so be, throw that probably, in here. Yeah. You could probably expose me if I was, uh, if I misquote here, but I believe I, I didn't, I didn't say I didn't like the glove, oh. but it's what the glove stands for that pisses me off. See, I was there, you guys, when Dominic first started his golf venture. Oh. I, too, was a golf novice. Never yeah. done it before. Me and him, me and Dominic golfed a handful of times together. I'll never forget that time. video clip of me with that putt. Oh, man. Insert clip now. Insert clip here, yes. <laughs> this is not... Because uh, I still have it, so I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. But um, at that time, actually that day that that video was taken from, I remember me and Dom are just going along our way, and this guy comes out, this old man. This is, you know, this is <laughs> bowling. This is the Bowling Green Ohio Country Club. It's not like, this isn't the fucking Masters. Yeah, it's okay? nothing great. Right, right. I mean, it's a decent course. Don't get Fun me wrong. time. And I, and I have a lot of respect. I'm sure that dude does a lot of work there, right? Yes, yes. This guy comes out and he's watching us. And I don't like being watched because I fucking suck. I know, we were right in front of the clubhouse. It was not good. So I go to hit after Dom. And we're sharing clubs because yep. I don't have any. Because I don't yep. golf a lot. Right, right. Dom had clubs because he was committed to learning and getting better. Yeah. So I go to hit, and that guy's like, "Hey, if you're you go, you both can't use the same clubs. You're gonna have to come in here and rent a pair or a pair, a rent a set, a set <laughs> yeah. yeah." And I'm like, "All right, jackass." And I'm like, <laughs> "So I think I even asked because I didn't even care that much. Like I was fine with just driving a golf cart, yeah. You know, just being out there. It's a nice day, yeah." So I was like, well, if I just drive the car, like, and not play anymore, like, is it okay if I, and he, because I also didn't want to pay the price. Yeah. Sure. And he said, no, he said, no, he said, no, you can't do that. You have to rent. Basically it was either rent or leave. Yeah. Yeah. So I rented those golf clubs for like 30 bucks or whatever. Shit clubs, by the way. Yeah, it didn't even have like a. I don't even know it was like three. <laughs> yeah, like I was using a putter to drive. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Uh, but basically, that guy, I didn't realize it. It was Dominic, like oh four years in the future, uh, and that so club was the symbol of that. Dominic's become a golf hardo. Like, let me compare it to a different sport, right? What's baseball? 
Yeah, okay. baseball. America's pastime. A game me and you played as little kids. Yep. You know, they have those adult softball leagues, right? Yep. Yep. And usually it's just people getting fucking drunk and <laughs> hitting dingers or whatever. Yep. Yep. You know? If I saw, like, as a kid, we go up to play to bat, always wearing baseball uh, gloves. Yep. Yep. Batting gloves. There you go. And that's fine. We're playing competitive baseball. You wear the you wear whatever gives you an advantage or whatever feels best. If I saw someone walk up to the plate in a softball league wearing like decked out in baseball gloves and like I don't know, I'm thinking like wearing knee high striped socks and like yeah. King Griffey eye, eye black under his eyes and shit. I'm gonna go, Oh, he's a hardo. Okay. Yeah. Like this dude's being a tryhard. Like we're just out here to have fun, quit being like a douche and by judgmental maybe <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> caught myself doing all that but also Dominic's glove is a sign of where things are going to go it starts with the glove starts that's where it is now yeah yeah but give it a year people in a year Dominic will be yelling at some kid two guys just like me and him look the same just a few years younger than him He's going to say, hey, buddy, say a frat party, tuck in that shirt. <laughs> so let us know down below your <laughs> thoughts. Because I'll be curious if people actually do. Because that was the first I've ever seen of, our, of anybody I've ever golfed with or seen golf. Besides Tiger Woods, I guess. So I guess you and Tiger Woods are... Branson wears a glove, just so you know. Uh, he did not when I used to golf with him. Okay, he does work. When did he start doing that? Every time I've golfed with him, he's worn the glove. And also, is really your best, I mean, really, is your argument that, well, Branson does it too. I mean, I'm it's just... Branson. I mean, it's really, Branson does it, so that means I'm, I'm, I'm on the cool crowd now. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. The things I could say. No, this game, Branson, I love you. But, uh, I hope he, if he's still watching... He, he acts so. like he watches our episodes, but he's better prove it. We're going to find out, yeah. <laughs> uh, Oof, you yeah, got any think statements? I, okay. I don't think I do. You kind of just had your statement, to be fair. Yeah, I think I, I think my statement was a rebuttal. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a debate, basically. Yeah, well, let us know your thoughts on the great glove debate. And it's always a debate around here. And don't forget Allergies. the salad. Yeah, you know, yeah, allergy season. Make sure you guys get your – keep. You know, nose spray handy. Uh, keep dusting, spring cleaning. Nose you know. spray? Hold on, let me pop up closing statements back up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. Nose spray? Huh? You what don't we use doing? nose spray? Uh, no, I ain't never seen nobody use nose you spray. Don't, you don't use a nose spray on that door dogger you got up there? <laughs> 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 no, listen. <laughs> I have to. You got nose spray? Yeah, I got nose spray. I wish you had it right now so you could spray it. <laughs> Listen, but I get allergies every time the seasons change, okay? Hey, fault me for it. Call me Urkel. I don't know. Like, <laughs> all right, I get it. But it doesn't help that I have a tiny-ass nose. Yes, I know. I'm a giant guy. got this big-ass face. You know, got the 
double chin shit going on, you know, big, all this big shit, right? No, I got a tiny nose. And don't forget the so, small mouth. And a st- tiny ass mouth. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Cannot bop for apples to save my life. Uh, Dominic, I'm sure you don't want to go down that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. But um, because of that, my nose gets clogged up so easily. Mm. Which, look, I, I think your nose is very pretty, Dom. But just to compare... Your nose is Give them the little, side profiles here. <laughs> it's, your nose is a little... It's a it's bit a little, size. It's a, little, it's a little girthier than mine. Yeah, yeah. So you might not have that problem. But I can assure you that just because I'm using nose spray right now doesn't mean a year from now I'll be yelling at someone for not having a mask on. I mean, right. allergy season. Your glove is a symbol that you're going to... Turn into a tyrant on the golf course. On the green. You sit on a throne of lies. Anyway. Did we just become out of sync at the end of the episode? We gotta get out of here. We gotta get out of here. Well, alright. We're so out of sync at the end of this episode. Alright, guys. Uh, Alright. Alright, guys. I'm Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. Word of below average Joe's, and we'll see you on Monday.